Welcome back to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. On today's episode, we have the team from Advanced Therapy. They're physical therapy and occupational therapists here in Sheridan, Wyoming. We have Ginny, Brian, and Bree come on and talk about the differences between occupational therapy and physical therapy, as well as the services they provide here in Sheridan, Wyoming, and how they got into physical therapy. And whatever else, yeah, all those other things are good too. Whatever else comes up. Whatever else comes up. I love it. We're Lucy Goosey. <laughs> cool. Well, you are. I think I think we're going to have to get Brian going a little bit. But what was the whiskey again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry we're out. <laughs> we'll get on our get we'll get on our liquor sanitizer. rep and kind of say what the hell, man. Drink some hand sanitizer. I'm right. going to Welcome back in Wyoming knuckleheads. This is another episode of Go Be Wild. I'm your host, Aaron Gray. And today in studio, we have three therapists from Advanced Therapy. Uh, they are located right above Jimmy John's right there on Brundage Lane. Um, I'm going to go from uh, studio right here. We've got Bree Dandria, occupational therapist. To her right is Brian Allred, a physical therapist. And then lastly, we've got Ginny Rager, also another physical therapist uh, from Advanced Therapy. Occupational, occupational therapist. Occupational. Sorry. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> I slept like 12 hours last night fighting this cold. So I'm just like struggling. Okay. I'm okay. struggling real hard. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> shout out to Michelle Kane for setting this up, reaching out to us uh, to have you guys in studio. So I'm excited to hear um, the story of advanced therapy, how you guys got here to Sheridan. Um, and then we were just talking a little bit before, like the differences between uh, different types of therapists, um, you know, why Wyoming's a great state to maybe think about therapy. So anyway, so... Um, you know, Jenny was telling me that you'd like to talk a little longer responses. So I will always probably start with these two first and then go to you. Um, but real quick, give me guys kind of where you guys originally from, you know, how you, uh, maybe where you went to school for, uh, therapy and, um, and then, you know, how you ended up here at, at, at advanced therapy. So Bree, we'll start with you. Um, so I'm originally from Montana, just a little town outside of Billings, and I started my college career at Sheridan College, and so that's kind of why I ended up back here. I loved awesome. it so much. Um, I got my master's degree from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, um, but I got to do it in a satellite campus in Billings, so I missed out on all the cold, <laughs> icky weather. <laughs> but yeah, so um, after I graduated, I was looking for a job in Billings or Sheridan, and I just got lucky enough that one opened up at Advance. So Awesome. Well, yeah, so you're kind of from the area, you know, from kind of Southern Montana there. So yeah. very cool. Very close. Brian. I'm born and raised in Lovell. Uh, went to school in Powell for a lot more years than I like to admit, considering <laughs> it's a two year school. <laughs> took me a while to figure out what I wanted to That's do. That's okay. A lot of people do that. Right. I <laughs> uh, went from there to Laramie for my bachelor's degree. And then I got my doctorate at Eastern Washington University in Spokane. Okay. Um, ended up in at advance, uh, Ginny and I started it together with Jeff McMinnemy and we'll talk more about that later. I assume, um, uh, we, yeah, we, we just decided both of us are, are very passionate about the outpatient therapy world and that's kind of what we wanted to do. So we said we need to kind of make our own way to do it. 
Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And you're a Wyoming guy from just over the mountain there. So wonderful. All right, Ginny. Well, technically I was born in San Diego, California, but okay. my parents grew up in Worland, just gotcha. over the mountain. And so I consider myself a Wyoming girl also because we spent every single summer um, coming back and spending it in Worland and tent sleep. So um, I, we moved back after my dad retired in 91, we moved back to Riverton, Wyoming, and that's where I finished my high school. And then I went to the University of Wyoming for four years and got a degree in psychology. Um, so go Pokes. Yay. And then I went to University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington for my occupational therapy degree. Awesome. Very cool. We won't hold it against you. I was born in uh, the Bay Area too, but my parents are all <laughs> both from Buffalo. So yeah. uh, very I mean, I cool. I think if you're in the military, there's like a pass. Well, yeah, like yeah. traveling parents, you know, that's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, we'll give you a pass. Defending our country, we'll let you be born in California. It's fine. I'm not going to give away <laughs> how old I am, but, you know, 91, that's, you know, before I was born. So, I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> I'm well aware that I'm old and crunchy. <laughs> you don't have to rub it in there. Um, wonderful. Well, that's a very cool kind of roundabout way of how all three of you got back to Sheridan and got together. Uh, let's talk about a little bit. How did you guys start advanced therapy here in town? Well, um, after I went to all my schooling, I ended back up in Riverton because my parents were living there and my mom got ill. And I worked for a place called Teton Therapy. And Teton Therapy has been around for about 22 or so years or so. And my boss's name was Jeff McMenemy. And he's a pretty cool guy. Um, and I worked for him for five years. And after five years, um, I don't know. Uh, when you're a Navy brat, you kind of get itchy feet. Um, and my sister and I had itchy feet. And uh, we were kind of thinking about like, where else would we like to live? We wanted to stay in Wyoming, but we were like, well, where, where else could we go? That's not Riverton. And so my dad and my sister are both veterans. And so my dad had actually suggested, he was like, well, what about Sheridan? They've got the VA hospital there and Sheridan's pretty cool. And I'd never really been here before. And so we came up and scouted it out and kind of fell in love, my sister and I did. Um, and so we decided to move lock, stock and barrel to Sheridan. So my dad, my sister, her three kids, my, me and my two kids, we all moved to Sheridan at the same time. Wonderful. <laughs> same weekend. And, um, uh, so then my sister and I were working out at Westview healthcare center. Um, um, as I'm an occupational therapist, she's a speech therapist. <clears throat> and so we worked out there for a couple of years while we got acclimated to Sheridan and kind of figured things out, you know. Um, but I loved, loved working outpatient therapy. Um, it's just a completely, it's completely different than working inpatient in a hospital or in a nursing home or in a, you know, home health or any of those other settings that you might work in as a therapist. Um, and I really missed that outpatient component. And so when I left Teton Therapy um, and moved to Sheridan, Jeff had asked me, he said, hey, when it, we should open a clinic in Sheridan. You should open a clinic and you should run it. And I was like, or you should own it. That's what he said. And I was like, I'm a single mom of two kids. What crack are you smoking? Jeff? <laughs> and, um, and, he, and he was like, well, we'll just keep talking about it. And so I'd see him every once in a while, he plays hockey and he'd come up and, um, and we'd, he'd go, so when are we opening that clinic in Sheridan, Jenny? And I'd be like, okay, Jeff, whatever. Um, so after a couple of years, um, I was a little more receptive to that message. And I, you know, so he said, well, when are we going to open a clinic in Sheridan, Jenny? And I said, tell me more things like that. Let's talk about it. So I was finally ready to hear the message. And, 
So we started talking about it. Now, Brian also worked at Westview and he and I did a lot of co-treating and a lot of working and he's just like a super great guy. He's like a really good physical therapist. He's a really steady, calm, like steady guy, right? And I really liked working with him and I thought we made a good team. And um, occupational therapy is not well understood by most people. Yeah. (laughs) Even in our even in our field, and so I really felt strongly that I needed a physical therapist if I was going to do this clinic situation, you know. And so I approached Brian about it, and I said, "I might have an opportunity to open an outpatient clinic. Are you at all interested in that?" And he said, "Where do I sign?" <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't even a question. So um, so we started talking about it, and I think that was in like February of 2016. Okay. And we opened our clinic by. August, like September 6th was when oh, we awesome. opened. So like, that was like a crazy fast six sure. months, you know? Absolutely. Um, we had to, of course, do everything, find the money, find the place, outfit the building. Like it was, it was bare bones in there. Like we had to do everything in six months. So it was <laughs> kind of a little bit of a crazy stressful time. Sure. Um, but we opened our doors on September 6th of 2016 and um, we've been going ever since. So you we, guys just hit, you you guys just hit a five-year mark. We just hit our yeah. fifth. Yeah, our fifth anniversary was in September. That's awesome. Well, wonderful. Um, I do want to cover this because you kind of mentioned it, and we're going to go back to all these things. So, um, well, first, uh, Brian, Bree, do you guys have anything to add on that? Brian, do you have anything to add on that? No, I was just uh, really excited. We, uh, My wife and I had actually been talking about moving somewhere else because we, you know, like I said, outpatient therapy was kind of my passion. And I said, well, I, I don't... I love the people here at Westview, but it's not what I want to be doing. And mm-hmm. so then when Ginny approached me and said, that's why you were ready. Was, yeah. I was ready to go. I, You're like, I get to stay here and yeah. Work for myself a little bit. Love it. Um, let's cover that real quick. What is the difference between, cause we're going to cover a lot of misconceptions here, but what is the difference between outpatient therapy and inpatient therapy? You guys kind of hit on it already, but, uh, kind of walk us through that. The main difference is just where the people are, mm. um, in a lot of ways, you know, so, Inpatient therapy at Westview, for example, at a nursing home, people come there because they're not doing well and they live there for either a short term or a long term. And uh, therapy is, is more a matter of let's make them safe enough uh, either to get back home or if they're still in the facility to be able to just you know get from the bed to the toilet. And, and that's kind of about it. Um, now, the cool thing is you, you don't get to be 90 years old without some neat stories. So the, the patients there are a lot of fun. It's really a neat place. Uh, but without patient therapy, the the big difference again is we have our own specific place and people come to us, which is nice in a lot of ways because then, you know, if you're in a hospital, for example, you go to someone's room and say, okay, it's time for therapy. And they go, I, I just had surgery. I don't want to. And you have to try and, you know, convince them and there's insurance issues and stuff like that. In outpatient therapy, if you don't want to come to therapy, you just don't come to therapy. Right. <laughs> so yeah. none of that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the conditions we treat are a lot different. You know, like I said, with inpatient therapy, it's more a matter of, can you get out of bed? Can you get from your chair? Can you, you know, use your walker to get to the bathroom? And then it's time to pass them on to someone else. And, and then now we're the someone else. We're the people that right. get to take the reins from there and, and continue on and get from, okay, I, I can, I'm good enough to get to the bathroom, but I want to be good enough to, you know, hike up in the big horns again. Uh, so uh, a lot more rewarding, you right. know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. No, yeah, that's, I think a lot of people probably don't understand that. And I would imagine facility is probably a big restraint as well. If you're in the hospital, 
Right. Whatever the hospital has, that's what you have for therapy. You know, like that's a, so. One of the things that I really like about outpatient therapy also is, um, so there's lots of rules and regulations um, in healthcare uh, coming from insurances, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, they all have rules. There's there's all kinds of, of regulations and, and constrictions when you work in a big facility. If you work in a hospital, you obviously have to um, abide by those kind of things, right? <clears throat> In outpatient therapy, it's a lot more freedom to really work on what the patient wants to do. Um, if you know they have a situation where they're like, you know, shopping for me is really terrible, <laughs> and I, I these are the problems I have when I go shopping. I, as an outpatient therapist, can go to the store with them and help problem solve right there. Uh, we go into their home sometimes and help with like safety kind of situations, or if they have a very specific situation that that they're struggling with. Um, and so there's a lot more freedom and creativity in outpatient therapy. Um, and we can kind of guide that along a lot more along the lines of what's really important to the patient. Um, so yeah, what their lifestyle is, absolutely. right? They're all going to be different. Absolutely. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, Bree, do you have anything to add on that? Oh, I think they cover it. Um, I just like outpatient because we also get to see the kiddos. So um, there's not always, there's not a lot of kids in the hospital. And if they are, it's usually pretty severe. And so um, I get to help kids uh, just get um, the ability to do things like play soccer with the other kids and um, uh, like do better in school. And so I get to do that part and they don't know that they're not able to do something until another kid says like, hey, why can't you kick the ball? And so a lot of times they're like, wait, I didn't know I couldn't do that. And then when they can do it, it's just so rewarding because yeah. they've, they have this huge light in their eyes and it's really awesome. So wonderful. Um, yeah, that's great. And probably injuries too. I would imagine you see any sort of kids with injuries, I bet would be the, uh, big one. Um, cool. Uh, what is, let's kind of dive into this a little bit. Cause I think you all three have a great answer of this, but what is the difference between a physical therapist and, and an occupational therapist? Well, I always think that people have a pretty good idea of what physical therapy is because it's uh, physical therapists and their organizations have done a really good job of getting it out there. So I'm going to let Brian explain what physical therapy is. And then Bree and I will explain what occupational therapy is because we have to define physical therapy first so people have a reference point. Okay. So really at its core, physical therapy is getting people able to uh, move again. Uh, so that can be for a lot of different reasons. It can be, you know, I was in a bad car accident. You know, a lot of times that's what we think about is, you know, I know so-and-so, they were in a car accident and they were in physical therapy for six months. And, and it can be that sort of thing, but it can also be, you know, my knee hurts and it's hard for me to get out of the chair or I have vertigo and I'm, I'm dizzy and so it's hard for me to get around. So anything really that limits mobility is, is kind of where physical therapy comes in. And I always conceptualize occupational therapy um, or a therapy general as kind of a continuum, right? On one end, we have physical therapy and they're really concerned with movement, movement of the body, whether that's walking, running. Again, if, they, if they're dizzy and they fall over every time they get out of the chair, that's not good, right? <clears throat> and on the other end of our continuum, we have speech therapy. And speech therapy is concerned primarily with the the production of speech, but also the understanding of it and how the brain works. So there's a lot of cognitive um, components for speech therapy. So they um, can you listen and integrate all that stuff? How, how can you, you know, create a response, but then also all the oral motor um, uh, needs that you need to produce speech, right? 
So they're really concerned with that kind of stuff. And occupational therapy fills up all the gaps between <laughs> the two. So there's a lot of overlap. Occupational therapists, we also care about movement. We, um, most of the time people kind of think of occupational therapy as sort of the upper extremity specialist. So in school, we really focus on the upper extremities and that kind of stuff. We're not so much concerned about somebody's knee, um, but we care about if their elbow's not working right, how's that gonna affect their ability to feed themselves, right? Mm -hmm. um, if they, have poor, um, if a kiddo has really poor fine motor skills, how does that affect their ability to type or write um, or button their clothes? Um, if you have a shoulder injury, how does that affect your ability to pick up your kids if you're a mom or feed your dog if you're a dog owner or get your shirt on? <laughs> in the morning so you're not getting in trouble uh, at Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's lots of things that, um, so we look at the upper extremity stuff in our clinic, um, because I'm kind of not a normal OT, uh, we also address all the cervical spine stuff, we do the TMJ stuff. Um, I have a lot of, I've been around for a while, so I have a lot of certifications. <laughs> to do lots of different things. Um, and so we kind of, again, fill in the gaps in that continuum. So we care about movement and we care about cognition, right? Because occupational therapists also, like if you can't problem solve your way through Walmart or you don't know how to manage your money or you don't know how to manage your stress or you don't know how to manage some of those other things, that definitely affects um, your ability to care for yourself. So at the root of everything, occupational therapist, um, address any issues that affect the self-care. So when we say occupation, we're not talking about your job, although we might be talking about your job. Right. Occupations are anything that take up time in your day. So it could be brushing your teeth, caring for your dog, picking up your kid, driving your kid to school. Um, yeah, for kids it's, I mean, play is the biggest thing. So from zero to five, play is their biggest occupation. That's how they learn. And so that's what I focus on. Um, and then once they get into school, then of course occupation is like schoolwork. So handwriting, um, social skills, any sort of gross motor activities like the PE classes and stuff. So right. your occupation change throughout your life based on like what you need to be able to do to just get day to day sure. done. So yeah, fine motor skills, you know, writing and stuff as they get older, things like that. Yeah. So occupational therapy, you know, we create treatment plans and we work on those skills. And if for some reason, like, right, you can't fix everybody, right? Sometimes there's things that you cannot change. Or if you've had a traumatic brain injury, like we, we can't untraumatically un injure your brain. So how do we modify your environment? How do you get it to change? What kind of tools do we need to use? Um, so that's where really occupational therapy comes in. We're like the jack of all trades. We know a little bit about everything and we're there to tweak it so that you can do your thing. Right. Um, if you don't have a right arm anymore, if you have an amputation and you love to fly fish, how do we modify your fly fishing so that you can go fly fishing? Because Ray, that's what life is about is all those little things that make it worth living. And so that's it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a great, I love the kind of the, the, uh, um, Oh, what'd you say? Continuum. Uh, continuum. You've got physical therapist, which is, you know, mobility, movement, you know, just, just getting the move around to speech where it's obviously understanding speech, you know, uh, kind of the more mental side of it and then occupational, you know, kind of encompasses everything in between. So, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, why it's important to know the challenges right now for a lot of people. I can tell right now, 
you know, anytime someone talks about therapy, all they think about is physical therapy, right? I got to have an injury or I got to go see a doctor and they got to prescribe me, you know, a therapist. Talk a little bit about in Wyoming, that's actually not the case. That is not the case necessarily. Um, so Wyoming let's, is- let's, a, let's go Brian. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I saw, I saw Brian wanted to say something. Yes, yeah. Go Brian, go. <laughs> yeah, Wyoming just fairly recently became a, a true direct access state where you don't need a, a doctor's order for anything if you need to come into physical therapy. So if- uh, Or occupational therapy. Right. right. <laughs> So if you, you know, wake up one morning and you have some back pain, what used to happen is you'd say, okay, I, I need to call my doctor. And you call the doctor and they say, we can get you in two weeks. And then two weeks later, you go in and see the doctor and they say, okay, we need to get you in for therapy. And then we can start the ball rolling on actually getting someone feeling better. Now what we can do is you wake up and you hurt and you call your physical therapist and you say, hey, can you, can you get me in? And then we, we just start that much faster. Um, for those people who do need, uh, for insurance reasons, sometimes you need a, a doctor's prescription. We can just take care of that, and we and just kind of skip the whole step. We yeah, can, we can call your doctor and say, "Hey, you know, Aaron's hurting. Can you sign this for us and, and get people in?" So that that's been a real help in getting people feeling better a lot faster than we used to be able to do. Absolutely, so jump those holes a little bit. That's great. Absolutely. Um, what's the biggest challenge recently on that? Trying to educate people on that that we're a direct access state now. How um, recent was that? Oh, it's been a few years. Okay. It's, it's not been like, you know, five years. It's, I don't know, 10, 15. It's been a little bit longer than that. So, um, but I think we just really want people to know that like we're here to help. That's, that's our whole reason for existence. The only reason you go to school for something like therapy is because you just really want to help people get better and feel better and do better. And our goal at Advanced Therapy is to help support our community and have people living their best version of their lives. And most of the time, your best version of your life is not conceptualized with like huge amounts of back pain or <laughs> limping around with 76 canes or something like that. So, um, you know, there is help. It's easily accessible. It's truly a phone call. Call us. <laughs> and we love to help solve problems for people. We want we want you to get in there and get better. And a lot of times, you know, we see a lot of patients that do this. They they wake up with back pain one day and they go, oh, my back hurts. Uh, and then they gimp around for two or three weeks. And then they go, wow, this back pain's really not getting any better. Oh, what am I gonna, okay. And then, and then another month goes by and now they're two to three months into this back pain situation. Um, it's not getting better. It might be getting worse. And then they finally take action after three months. Right. Um, it's a pretty common story. We hear it all the time. <laughs> um, so wouldn't, you know, what we want to tell people is like, look, if you wake up with back pain and it lasts more than two or three days, call your therapist. Hopefully it's us. But if it's not us, call the one you go to normally, right? Right. Call them and have them help you because wouldn't you rather have three days of back pain and maybe we can get it taken care of in a week or two versus having to do four months of therapy uh, to try to rectify some, what is turned into a chronic situation at this point. Right. Right. So proactivity. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Yes. Anything else to add there, Bree, Brian? Um, I think just, just with this generation, we're a lot more, um, like in charge of our healthcare. So, um, there was this like misconception that, um, like we aren't in control of our healthcare at an older generation. They were always like, well, I don't know anything. Like I can't ask the doctor that, or I can't just like take charge and go talk to my therapist. And um, 
the last generation just definitely changed that, like this self-care movement and um, just like personal training and getting into the gym has kind of helped our profession because people are a little bit more um, willing to ask those questions and like, um, like just go out for themselves. Like they're going to go and ask, um, like, what do I need to do and take charge of that? So that's been helpful. And it's nice that we're a direct access so they can do that because not every state is like that. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Some more ownership there. Um, Another thing that we do, and I think actually every clinic in town that I know of, every outpatient clinic, I think offers this, um, but it's like a free con consultation. Like if you have a question, like you wake up and your knee is like, oh, <laughs> you can call and say, hey, can I talk to a therapist? I just want a consultation. I just want to go in and, and visit with somebody about this. This seems weird. Um, all of us offer that where you get it scheduled, you come in, there's no charge to you. We just want to talk to you about what's going on with you and what we think. If we really think you need to go see the doctor, we'll tell you. Go, let me help you get the doctor appointment. Um, but a lot of times it's like, oh, let, this is what we can do about it and let's try it. And, and a lot of times people feel a lot better, really pretty quick. Um, so, you know, avail yourself of those kind of um, opportunities also. Wonderful. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Uh, this kind of goes right into our next question, you know, talk about, uh, the educational or the, uh, collaborative things you guys do with like the hub. Um, would love to hear you guys talk about the therapy collective. You know, those are all very educational type uh, things that we're talking about here is kind of getting those misconceptions out of the way. Absolutely. So recently I just went to the hub and did like a little arthritis, um, like info, um, presentation. And so, um, most of the time we'll go in and we'll do like, um, at a class, just explaining some sort of topic. And then if they have questions they can ask, or, um, that's kind of the basis of the presentation topics. But then we've also gone in and done like a pain screen. So if somebody has, um, pain and, or just like a problem that they want to talk to a therapist about, we've gone to the hub and just hung out and then people come and talk to us and we can tell them like, yeah, therapy would be good. Or, you know, maybe the therapy's not quite right, but go see your doctor and then come to us. So, um, that's kind of how we've collaborated with the hub and just, um, helping with their like exercise programs and getting people to be more active in their community. So, um, that's kind of what the hub is about yeah. and what we try to do there. Can they need to have them? Does, does, does someone have to be directly affiliated with the hub or can they just come to any of those meetings and come grab you guys? I think what they do is they typically, um, you don't have to belong to the hub to come to them. Um, so far as I'm aware, uh, yeah, uh, they advertise them. So, you know, it, you can check out their website. They, they have, okay. they always send out a newsletter and those kind of things. So you can check those things Wonderful. out. Yeah. yeah. It's a great thing to know. Cause sometimes people think, Oh, well I have to be a part of the hub to come to yeah. those. So, okay. and there, you know, the hub has really been changing since they changed their name to the hub, right. It used to be Sheridan senior center. And they're, they're really trying to be more inclusive of, of, across the lifespan. So you don't have to be Medicare age to go to the hub. Like that is not a thing. Like mm -hmm. you can be 22 and avail yourself of things at the hub. Um, it, because again, they're really trying to just pull the community in and be a resource for all kinds of people across all the whole lifespan. Um, right. So, um, yeah. So Brian, you, I think you, ha you were going to say something there too on that. Oh, I, th I think we could spend all day just talking about how neat the hub is and all of the, <laughs> yeah. all of the different things they offer. A lot of times we'll send people over, they've got their loan closet. Oh, okay. You know, if, if someone comes in and, and I say, okay, you need a walker, but you're probably only, only going to need it for a couple of weeks. Don't go buy one, go to the loan closet and you can basically just borrow it for you know a couple of days or, or the rest of your life, whatever you need. And it's just such a neat, yeah. neat place all around. They have a lot of great programming. Very cool. 
Yeah. Very cool. Well, so, uh, maybe get on the hubs email list or follow them for, to check out when advanced therapies, they're giving those talks or the free screenings. Um, let's talk a little bit about how did the uh, therapy collective start? I've never heard of this. <laughs> so I spent, uh, I have a brain that never shuts off is basically where we're at with this. And, um, it's always bothered me, um, that, we have these little enclaves of people, right? So we have, we have some really talented, amazing therapists in town. We have wire rehab, which is attached to the hospital, right? We have core therapy. We have uh, shared and physical therapy. We have advanced therapy. Um, Marta Osler, I never purpose, it's purpose physical therapy. She's doing a really cool thing where she's actually taking outpatient therapy to the patient. So like she's kind of a traveling outpatient therapist, which is amazing. Um, so we have, and there's more, I'm not mentioning everybody. I'm sorry, um, I still love you. So we have all these really great people in town and I'm a person who likes to network and I, and I'm a person that likes to use my resources. I want to know if you're really great, Aaron, at doing something and I'm not really great at doing something right. Um, and my patient comes in and they really could benefit from your expertise on something. I, as a responsible human, I would want to send them to you because you have the skills that might help them better than I could help them. Right. Right. So it always bothered me that we're all in competition. We're all in competition. Competition's healthy. That's a good thing, right? But it bothered me that it was like, they stayed there, they stayed there, they stayed there. We stayed in our place. And so I wanted to facilitate like some conversation between us, like get to know the resources we have in our, in our, I don't know what Cheston loves to treat at, at, at Sheridan Physical Therapy. What about if he's like some guru on you know, something. And I've got a patient that needs that. I should send them him. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, if, uh, you know, if somebody has a, a hand specific hand therapy injury, like I'm a certified hand therapist, hopefully somebody would send them to me, you know? Um, so we wanted to facilitate that, but we also wanted to pull in our providers, right? Um, we have physicians, we have physicians assistants, we have nurse practitioners, we have all these wonderful people in town that have so much knowledge and experience and awesome things to offer. And I wanted to help facilitate that. So we try to meet quarterly. Um, and it's pretty new. We've, we've done, I think three or four meetings at this point. So it's just been this year that we've managed to do this, but we gather, um, we invite a provider to come chat with us. Let us know. Um, we just talked to Dr. Bales, uh, Balchescu. Oh, I just butchered that. I'm so sorry. Anyway, he's our newest spine doctor up at the Sheridan Ortho and he is such a cool guy. And he came and chatted with us and, you know, to facilitate that conversation between providers and therapists too, because that only helps the patient. If the providers and the therapists are in good communication, like that helps the patient. Then they don't have to do the, oh, well, he said, she said, oh, I don't know what to do. Right. So, mm -hmm. so it's just a way to kind of, cult, you know, pull those people in, uh, speech therapists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and any providers that want to come to come and kind of visit a little bit and get to know each other better. And so yeah. that we can better utilize our resources in our community. Very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, a, it's another good way to meet people too. So, um, I started working in the middle of COVID, which wasn't like the easiest place to like 
at time to meet people. And so it's kind of nice just to meet other therapists in town that um, either just started or have been working for a while and get kind of their perspective on things and um, kind of like, what do they do and how can I help them or how can they help me? So Sure. Yeah. And Jenny mentioned meeting with Dr. Balchescu last week. And one of the things that he brought up that I'm really excited about is uh, doing a, a journal club where the, the therapists in town and the, the orthopedic surgeons, and I'm sur sure anybody else who wants to join, can go over some of the new research and, and together kind of help improve each other and make all of us better providers. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Very a really cool. cool idea. We're like, yeah, it's so exciting. Um, that's awesome to hear because we just had a women's entrepreneur panel in here. Uh, it was Antonia Bonafide, uh, Laura, right across the hall from Peak, and they were talking about uh, women entrepreneurs being collaborative and the difference between being collaborative and like competitive. And uh, so it's great to hear that uh, therapy providers and doctors are kind of in that same realm of we're not going to be competitive about, you know, like, well, Cheston said this and, you know, Jenny said this. So, um, because yeah, it does benefit the client at, you know, whoever they go see, because that's some, hopefully we're, you know, doing right by the, the patient there. So no, that's great to hear. Um, am I missing anything that you guys wanted to cover real quick before I hit some of our questions? Some other questions? No, nothing. Nope. Okay. You guys will get your soapbox opportunity here in a second, but um, real quick, you know, uh, Jenny kind of already hit on a couple themes, but I do want to hear, you know, what led you guys to physical therapy, you know, to be a therapist. Uh, and so Bree, we'll start with you. Uh, so I love working with children. I thought I was going to be a teacher. Um, and I just didn't like the idea of being in a classroom with all the same kids all the time. It just wasn't really my thing. I tried it and it wasn't um, for me. And so I did an internship at this clinic and it was um, for kids specifically with autism. And it was a program that Billings does. And I fell in love um, just with the idea of working with children all the time and like the things that I could help them with. Um, and so I started looking to OT and then um, by chance, I don't know. Um, my grandpa also needed OT and PT after getting diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so then I saw like what home health therapists did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can work with kids and adults. Like this is, this is the coolest thing. Um, Cause not every profession allows you to do that. And so that's kind of where I started. Um, and I definitely like the pediatrics. That's my thing. I um, just, I love it so much. Uh, but I also love working with the adults because you get a different perspective. And so um, yeah, that's kind of where I started. And been really great so cool. far so yeah got a family connection there i love it ryan i always joke that i married into physical therapy <laughs> you know I, I mentioned that it took me a little while to figure out what i wanted to do with my life um i was a computer programming major to start uh and then a music major and then i i met my now wife um and her dad is a physical therapist so the summer we were going to get married she was going to go move and live with her parents in Worland and I said well I need a job for the summer and I might as well get it in Worland because I know I'm going to be over there all the time anyway right <laughs> and her dad owned a clinic and needed some an aid for the summer and I said okay well I'll you know get the the nepotism pay rate <laughs> I can be a Worland I've got the job so this, this works out good um my thought though was I said I'm probably going to hate it because when I'm in pain I'm 
grumpy and no fun to be around. And I said, it's going to be eight hours a day, bunch of grumpy people, but it's a paycheck and it's in Merlin. That's all I care about. <laughs> so I, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that most people apparently are, are better people than I am. <laughs> so uh, just really fell in love with being able to work with people and, and see that progress. I remember specifically one lady I'd, I'd been helping with some of her exercises. Uh, and she came in one day and said, I need to cancel my appointment for tomorrow. I'm going out dancing with my girlfriends. We haven't gone in years and, and my knee is feeling so much better. And I'm so excited. And she gave me a big hug and I said, I can see myself doing this. That's, this is something that I could do for the rest of my life. Wonderful. That's a great story. Yeah. And then switched your major again. And then yeah. all this history there. Third time's the charm. Yeah, it is. Yes. Ginny, how about you? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty common situation. So I actually was at University of Wyoming. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, had declared a major in psychology because I had to declare a major in something because they threatened me yes. <laughs> if I didn't. And um, my great grandmother was 88 that that year and she fell down her steps. And so she ended up over in Thermopolis um, at Gachi Rehab, doing inpatient rehab. And so over Christmas break, um, I went to go see her at Gachi. And um, so I was chatting with her and uh, do, you, do you have like a relative that like when they fix you with a glare, you like stand to attention. Like my grandmother had that look to oh, her. Yeah. And so we were just chatting and she was asking me how school was going. And, and I said, well, I just declared a major in psychology because I had to, it's interesting. I really like it, you know, but I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and then the physical therapist came in and the physical therapist was this blonde lady. She was a traveling therapist and she was just so bright and bubbly and funny. And my grandmother, you know, her hip was broken. She was in quite a lot of pain and she was kind of a little bit of a grumpy cat, you know, my grandmother. And uh, this lady had my grandmother howling with laughter, moving. She was out of bed. She was doing all these things. Like, <laughs> I didn't think my grandmother moved like that before she broke her hip. <laughs> and, um, and anyway, so we were all just having this great conversation. It was really fun and exciting, you know, blah, 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 blah. And my grandmother was doing this stuff. And all of a sudden my grandmother looked at me with her like, look, and she was like, Jenny, you need to become a therapist. And I laughed and I was like, okay, grandmother, ha ha ha. And she was like, Jenny, you need to become a therapist. She says, you talk so damn much. No one would even notice that you're, that you're moving them. And I, and we all had a good laugh about it. And then I went back to school, but she planted a seed, yeah. you know? And so I started looking around. Um, and I, so I followed a physical therapist and mad respect to Brian, uh, the therapist, the physical therapist I followed around in Riverton. Um, I just wanted to cry. We just walked people up and down halls all day. <laughs> and now that's not exactly what Brian does. So, but that was the guy that I followed and I was like, ugh, uh, I can just go for a walk anytime I want to. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, Oh, I'm gonna be a respiratory therapist. Cause I have asthma. And then somebody got suctioned and then I almost threw up and I was like, okay, I'm not going to become a respiratory therapist. <laughs> Um, and so I went back to school and I ended up doing, um, like an experience much like Brie uh, in a, in a pediatric clinic, um, occupational therapist and the occupational therapist is this really cool chick. She wore jeans to work, crawled around on the floor and played with toys all day and kids. That, that's her job. And I was like, Oh, I could do this. This is right up my alley. And so I started investigating occupational therapy. University of Wyoming doesn't offer an occupational therapy program, but I got to do a pre 
pre-OT kind of situation. So I finished my degree in psychology and went to occupational therapy school. And I have been an occupational therapist since 2000. So I am kind of old and crunchy. Um, but it has, I have been lucky enough in my life um, to have lucked into the correct field. I get up every day and I love what I do. I love my patients. I get up and I want to go to work. Um, there's been very few days in the last 21 years that I have not wanted to go to work. So Wonderful. I feel pretty blessed about that. <laughs> those are, those are great stories. I love that. Uh, lastly, we'll do, uh, so I'll, I'll do both of these questions, but I feel like only it'll pertain to a couple of you. So first question is like for Bree started in COVID. So like what were some of the challenges and what have been some of your successes entering in as a therapist during this time? Um, and then Brian and Jenny, you can think of that too. Like what would have, you know, obviously probably kind of starting up advance is probably a, a big success, but, uh, would also love to hear kind of what's, what it is, what is advances five, 10 year goal? You know, where do you guys see, you know, the therapy collective going these workshops with the hub, things like that. So, uh, Bree, we'll start with you there. So I graduated in December, 2019, um, and how had the job? lined out. So I knew where I was going. I was moving to Sheridan. Um, I'd been, I started on like February 2nd, I think it, it was not very long before COVID. So I think I was there for like four weeks and it, like all of a sudden we were like, hear the rumbling of COVID. And we're like, Oh, it'll be fine. Nothing's going to happen. And then it hit and it was like, okay, I have a job, but like, what's happening now? Are we going to have patients? They stopped, um, they stopped doing surgeries and that's where we get a lot of our patients. And so the kids were out of school. It was like, um, a little bit of like a, uh oh, we're not gonna have people coming because we just don't know what's going on. Um, but I was lucky enough to have a job before it started because a lot of my classmates um, hadn't. Like they were taking their tests and they were applying for jobs and then COVID hit and it was like everybody shut down. Um, so I was very blessed in that fact, but um, it definitely made things a little different than I expected um, just because the patient, I mean, there's just like this constant like concern. Are we going to get sick? Like what if our clinic shuts down? What, you know, are we shut down for two weeks? Are we, um, what are we doing? And so that was interesting on top of like just figuring out a job, all this stuff in the world is happening. Um, but I think it went really well. I feel like we, we managed well and like had no major shutdowns or anything crazy happen. So that was, um, good. And then also just like the differences in patients. So when I did my internship, I was in home health and there's just like a different perception from people, like a lot more fear. And so I feel like we saw that more in physical um, pain. And so um, like a lot more headaches and just like stress induced injuries. So that was different because I hadn't experienced that yet. I'd, you know, like I'd go into home health and they'd fallen and break in their hip. And so I was going to help them get back to doing the things at home and they would come to us at advance. And it was like, okay, I have these headaches and I don't know why I'm having headaches all the time, but then they're listing all their stressors and you're like, well, you know, COVID and you're like, all these things are just adding up. And so there's a difference in like the patients and how, sure. how we had to go about treating. I feel like I did a lot of talk therapy, um, and just like helping people calm down and like remembering all the good things that they have. So that was kind of my first, my first year was a lot of just kind of wading through the waters of what was going to be. Um, but I think we've done well and, um, we can still kind of see the effects. There's still a lot of like stressors and just things are going on in the world. But, um, there's a lot of people that are just really doing like they're pushing through and that you can see that they're trying to make things better. And so that's been awesome to see too, that people are just like, okay, like this isn't going to get us down. We're going to keep going. Um, and eventually, you know, hopefully the world will get back to 
running smoothly. So, but yeah, that's kind of how I started out. So, um, it was just a lot to like, it was just like a big wave of things that happened all at once. Um, but yeah, you're right in the thick of it. Yeah. Right in the thick of it. Brian. One of the things that was hard in the early days is just knowing what was the right thing to do. You know, Mm. Mrs. Smith just had her surgery and she's coming in and, it, is it better for us to say, no, keep on coming because your shoulder's going to freeze up if we don't get you in for therapy? Or is it better to say, you know, come in, but maybe we'll get you sick? And, and, and you know, there were just so many questions um, that were really hard to answer. And uh, I, I think for me, that was one of the hardest parts was knowing, you know, not, not only are we going to be able to stay open, but should we, is that the right thing? And so we luck, kind of lucked out. We had been working on expanding the clinic and it finished right at the beginning of March. So we were able to kind of say, okay, well now we have twice as much space so we can, we can show socially distance a little bit more. And you go in the back and you can stay up front and we can spread people out a little bit more yeah. than we would have been able to a, a couple weeks earlier. Uh, and then these days, you know, most of what is just, we're, we're used to wearing masks and we're used to all those kind of things. And, you know, every once in a while someone calls and says, I need to cancel. I'm getting, getting tested. Um, but the, the thing that I think is going to be the most uh, long-term thing is we're working on a lot of post COVID stuff, you know, people who have had it and now are just having a hard time, uh, breathing and, and getting around and they just don't have the energy that they used to. Uh, and, and then even smaller things, uh, less so I think today than early on when things were really locked down, but people are just sitting a lot more, you know, if it, it, when the kids were doing homeschool, you know, you, you sit and you watch the, the computer screen or same thing, you know, people working from home, just a lot more sitting. So then a lot more back pain, a lot more tight hamstrings and, you know, just all of the things that go along with that and then decrease overall general, uh, activity levels and, and energy levels. So we're still working on that. And I think that's going to be a long while before we're really back to normal as far as that goes. Sure. And kind of like what Bree was alluding to, just the psychological component of living in what is a very tumultuous time, right? I, I keep thinking back, like, you know, there's a lot of talk about like pandemics in prior years and those kind of things in 1918 on what was that kind of stuff. But we're so connected um, with electronics and and all of this stuff. I think people are just we're really kind of burning out. Um, there's a huge psychological component to this. Um, just living in a time of tumultuousness or uncertainty really takes its toll mentally on people. Um, and so you're seeing, again, like Bree had mentioned, physical um, manifestations of that. And so anyway, and people feel disconnected, right? We were told to stay home, stay by yourself. Yeah. And so um, people are social creatures. And, you know, when you're disconnected like that um, and, and having a Zoom meeting is not the same thing, right? <laughs> sitting across from your friend and having a coffee with them right. or something. So um, that disconnectedness is really taking its toll too. And we're seeing it a lot in the kids, a lot in the kids um, because their parents are stressed out, right? And kids are little microcosms of their parents, um, but just people in general. And and we're not immune from it ourselves either. Like, so we're in the healthcare profession, right? We're caregivers. That's what we do. And we ourselves are drained and sapped and stressed and those kind of things. And how, how can we live what we're telling other people to do, right? Where they come to us for advice. How can we manage our own stress and how can we make sure we're getting enough movement and and doing all of those things so that we can be good ambassadors for our profession, but also good humans for other people to look up to. So it's, it's been a really 
interesting couple of years. <laughs> but I do feel really hopeful. I feel like things are kind of turning a little corner and as things can kind of relax. There's a lot of fear out there and a lot of, I think, misinformation floating around and that's always really hard. Yes, that's always hard to fight. Right. Fight that. Uh, well, and you guys have children and so, you know, uh, Sheridan School District just got rid of masks yesterday. So, yep. you know, maybe we're getting back to normal. So we'll see. Uh, I do want to ask Brian and uh, Ginny this question. You know, what is Advanced Therapies five, 10 year goal. From the get go, one of our biggest goals has been, we always want to be a, a good resource for our community and to just be able to help as many as possible. Like Jenny said, that's the reason anybody goes into physical therapy or occupational therapies. We just enjoy helping people and we want them to be better. And so I think one of our, our biggest, uh, one of the things that holds us back the most is most people just don't have any idea what they can get from therapy. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, most of us think of physical therapy, oh, it's, you know, big accident and learning to walk again and those sorts of things. Uh, we have, you mentioned we're above Jimmy John's, uh, so we've overlooked the parking lot and, you know, there's been several times where I've got a new patient coming in and I look at and I see someone limping up to the door and I say, okay, I'm going to, I can tell by the way they're walking that we need to work on this and this and this, and we need to do that. And then they limp on into Jimmy John's instead <laughs> and I say, oh, that was the wrong person. So I, I think there's just a lot of people who could benefit and just don't know it. And they just say, yeah. oh yeah, I'm, I'm in my sixties. It's normal to have hip pain and and to, to not know, oh, I, I could get this taken care of. I've got a lady right now um, that I'm seeing for some low back pain and it's been you know into her leg and it's been going on for about 10 years. And, and she said to me yesterday, she said, boy, I wish I would have done this uh, you know, a month ago. And then she said, no, I wish I would have done this years ago. Because it, it, again, it's one of those things that we just tend to think, oh, this is normal. This is part of life and, and not realize that there's something better. So being able to educate the community, I think is one of the big things that we want to do. And, and Bree talked a bit about our, our the things that we've been doing at the hub, and just to be able to expand on that and and teach people and help people in a, in a broader sense, I think is kind of the main goal that we have. Wonderful. If you go to our website, um, which is advancedsheridan.com, we have what we call our immutable laws, um, which are the the laws that Brian and I created for our business. Um, and then we try really hard to live those in our personal life, um, but also in our culture, in our, um, in our clinic and with our patients and hopefully more broadly into our community as well. So they're worth a read. If you yeah. uh, go check them Advanced. out, that's, that's what we hold near and dear to our hearts. So. Advanced Sheridan. Advanced Sheridan.com. Wonderful. Well, and I was going to say, you know, at the end of this, you guys coming on here, you know, as a different avenue to get education out, you know, squash some misconceptions. You know, if someone's listening about the hub or they know somebody that's like, Hey, you should probably just go down to that, you know, hub event and they're there and, you know, tell them about your knee, tell them about your back, you know, uh, things like that. Or, uh, our next hub event is in January and it's going to be about posture. Oh, <gasps> very important. Yes. Ooh. So anyone can go to that. <laughs> Anybody. And probably most people should. Yes. Yes. <laughs> posture is a huge, huge stumbling block for so many people and can create all kinds of crazy things in your body. So that will be in mid-January. If you check out our website, we'll have a link to that as well as the Hub's website. They'll be advertising that here. Start off the year, January 2022 at the Hub. Absolutely. Um, to finish out, you know, we mentioned the website. How can they call you guys? Uh, we mentioned you guys are above Jimmy John's. Mm -hmm. um, what are the other good resources to follow you guys? Um, you could, yeah. Have, like an Instagram and a Facebook page. We too. do have Instagram so. and Facebook as well. Facebook's um, probably um, like there's a lot more interaction on that. 
Facebook page. So yeah. that's the best place probably. So you can send but. us messages that way. Mm-hmm. You can email info at advancedsheridan.com. You can link to, uh, if you go to the website, you can email us from the website, which is easy. Oh, perfect. Yep. And so, and we always answer the phone and so. we try really hard to always answer the phone. <laughs> and if you, do, if you leave a message, we're going to call you back. Absolutely. In <laughs> the office number is uh, 307-683-0123. Easy to remember. Yes. Very easy to remember there. So, um, well, Bree, Jenny, Brian, thank you guys for coming by. I think this is, uh, I learned quite a bit about kind of the difference between outpatient, inpatient, occupational versus physical, uh, you know, Wyoming being a direct access state. I've actually got a friend of mine. He was my best man at my wedding, hurt his shoulder. And I'm going to tell him, you don't need to call your doctor, just call a therapist, whoever you want to go to. Um, so, uh, but no, thank you guys for coming by. Hopefully this was very, uh, good for advanced therapy and, and all the services you guys provide. And, um, is there anything I'm missing? I don't think so. No, we really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, thanks again. Uh, shout out to Michelle for putting this together. And I loved having you three in here. It's a, it's always fun to have a panel and kind of bounce each other, you know, and, and get different stories. So, uh, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, we'll catch everyone next time. <laughs>